Right, we got Simon Mulvaney from Save the Bees Australia. I mentioned to you the, the Thai football team that got stranded in the cave a while ago in Thailand. There was a legal case that flowed from that because Elon Musk delivered a, a, um, a submarine. The cave was flooded. These boys are trapped well inside this ca- massive cave system and they had to get them out. They had to get them out with scuba gear. He's come along. He's got his guys to build this little mini submarine, that, like a long tube which could actually be big enough for a child, had oxygen and stuff. That was his idea of getting them out. Anyway, one of the guys who was involved in the cave rescue, a guy called Vernon Unsworth, was quite critical of that and just said, look, it's a waste of time. We can't get it around the tight corners. It's just not, not helpful at all. Elon Musk called him a pedo guy to his 20 million-odd followers on Twitter. Went to court. I think Unsworth's side tried to sue for about nearly 200 million US dollars. So... Not small money uh, for anyone. Went to court. Elon Musk actually won, hands down. I think maybe there's some appeals and stuff that might be going on following that. I'm not sure. He was able to argue, don't take things too uh, seriously. That you know, comments that made on made on Twitter are just are just that. They're just comments. It's just like banter in a pub or something, which I think is actually a, a kind of a dangerous thing because if this is the way that people communicate you know social media is the new way that people communicate well you're not allowed to you weren't allowed to say those things in in newspaper articles very heavy penalties applied so what's the difference if you know you've got this reach you got 20 million people who read that and who are inclined to believe you because you're a person of of influence Mm. that that to me seems an abuse and, and seems a risky outcome basically just means you can say anything about anyone and it can be very damaging and there aren't too many comebacks that is the way that it has to go in in my opinion because there's no way of managing every comment on twitter like they're, they're, so you're just saying that there has to be penalties there should be enforceable no uh, no there can't be okay. I, I think it's impossible to, to police enforce it, it. Right. particularly if, if you got someone with the attitude that may i may have had when i started my campaign mm. was like i dare you to dare you to sue me so you were someone who got away with stretching the libel laws a little bit I just think there's a backfire to everything. You're dealing with people who have different interests and and stuff. So um, financial penalties and jail sometimes isn't even scary enough to stop someone. But Mm. I just think you'll you'll get this bottleneck of court cases that will strangle our whole system if that's right allow- tie up precious resources and that was that was what happened with capilano not only with dollars spent on legal fees but also you know valuable court time which could have been dealing with much more urgent matters like domestic violence for example yeah, yeah. and and i think the law the laws in paper haven't caught up to social media yet it's really complex now with the social media thing i remember one barrister explained to me if you share someone else's article that's incorrect, even if it's from the Herald Sun, say the Herald Sun called someone a pedophile that wasn't, and I shared it, I'm liable for sharing that article. What about comments below a post that you've made? You're liable for them as well because you've triggered that you've been an aider and a better or a person who's encouraged other people to think along certain lines. So therefore, you're responsible for their there comments. was a case last year. It was about an Aboriginal guy being mistreated in prison in um, Darwin or, or, or someone in somewhere in northern Queensland. Mm. And um, underneath the post where he 
received some type of payout or something anyway, that decision was made, as people started being extremely racist. And, and, and this was stuff that the mainstream articles like the Herald Sun or, or News Limited had, had done. So he was defamed, the Aboriginal guy, underneath the media's posts. And the media argued that's not their responsibility, they're other people's comments. But in Australia which is out of step with the rest of the world, said if you're a media organisation, you should be controlling those comments. And a similar article got put up for me and and most of the complaints against me, I think, were more to do with other people's comments than my own articles or, or in several in several which is which is a long bow to draw because you're not the person who made those comments i mean you may have been the person who started the thread or you may have been the person who had the influence to trigger them and if they connect it to your feed then then it's effectively reaching a night a larger audience because you've got the hundred thousand plus people following you on facebook and, the person who makes the comment doesn't but it gets it gets put into and your. And I'm not feed. a media organisation either, so mm. I'm not monitoring my phone right now. And someone could be being defamatory, and and I see it. I see people having arguments under my posts, and sometimes I get personal, and sometimes mm. I'll have to hide a comment or something. Mm. But so you've got to act as a mediator of of your own feed. One of the crucial things I think is to be able to have debate under a post. When I'm reading an article now, sometimes I skim the whole article. I go, what are people saying about it? And, and I look at who's, who's upvoted the, the best comment underneath it. And I get a general feel on the whole issue or how people are going to feel about the issue. And, and so you've got an example like with Australian Certified Organic. And, and this was after I'd, I'd already been midway through the battle with Hive and Wellness or Capilano. I would ask questions for the people to ask Australian Certified Organic. And then all this banter would happen underneath the post. Mm. And it was incredibly powerful, the banter. And I think they've changed the result of it. But it's, it's interesting. I remember one judge said to me, there's no free speech in Australia. There's just no such thing. And in my gut feeling was like, yes, there is. It's just that you can send me to jail for using my free speech but it doesn't that doesn't mean there's not free speech so really what you're saying then I, I just to paraphrase it so i gave you the example of someone like elon musk who's obviously a very rich has incredible resources behind him so very hard for anyone to succeed legally against him because he's just going to tie it up he'll just repeal and appeal and appeal or he'll he'll, he'll find legal loopholes and roadblocks to to just shut you down or to delay it or to just basically make the thing too costly for you he was able to call a guy, call someone a pedo, which is a very potentially damaging thing to say about someone, then get away with it in court. He was sued for a very large amount. Maybe there was a bit of greed involved. It was like opportunism. Oh, this guy's very rich. We can sue him for a lot of money. We, we can get rich ourselves by taking a chip out of him. And he was able to win. And, and, and it is a precedent. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be applied as a precedent by laws. It'll vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction around the world. But to say that you know anything goes because it's the wild west out there and you can say whatever you want it sounds like that's your attitude that you'd rather see freedom of speech through social media with the risks attached to that 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 some things can be unfair some things can be very damaging see, and hurtful israel flower is a good example i was disgusted for, by, by israel flower's comments 
But I fully sided with his freedom of speech to make those comments, partly because I want the freedom of speech to call him out and say, I'm disgusted by you and mm. be able to articulate that and then get issues like this. He's done great for, for me to, to be able to explain to my son about the rights and what is why it was wrong what Israel Palau said. If he never said it or we're going to block people from saying things, you can't have this discussion. So in this example about Elon Musk, the whole world knows the guy's probably not a pedophile now by the fact that this controversy has come up. So... And and I understand it, it's a worry because of the hierarchy of someone with stature has the power to call someone else out. Mm. And it's been funny. There's been pages dedicated to hating me and I've, I've read them. You're never going to please anyone or there's always going to be haters going to hate. Well, there's also people who believe that any publicity, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, is, is good ultimately because it's it's good for your numbers, you know? It's it's better to be having people talk about you, even if it is negative, than people not knowing who you are. Yeah, well, someone rang up me about a, da- a damaging thing that was coming out about them, and I said, well, you just look at what happened to the Kardashians or Paris Hilton, you know? They, they, they got the worst things in the world to happen to them is, is an intimate moment to be shared online, and they, they were able to use that moment and make amazing careers. Mm. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Simon, I'm going to push you a little bit because I know that a lot of listeners would be intrigued, but it's I just want a bit more meat about how to build up uh, lots of numbers on social media. Uh, you know, those numbers of yours, again, 103,000 followers on Facebook, 47,000 on Instagram. What do you do? So I think you've said to me, you, if someone if someone likes or, or makes a comment or something, you, you tend to reply, you go to the trouble of actually replying directly to that person, engaging. I, I engage. I'm, I'm someone, I even, um, one of those types of people that engage with people who don't like me as well. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes I might learn how to, correct something if someone does attack me but it's it's a funny question and everyone's got their own recipe like if um i some women out there have have pictures of their bum the whole time and and they've got hundreds of thousands of followers so obviously i've got a different recipe to to that um but oh, i thought oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um, i was wondering <laughs> yeah and but they, they, some of those girls are earning great money and are really influential on topics too yep. um so you know i'm, I'm very open-minded and, and non-judgmental and i i use because i'm associated with bees there's there's probably a few of my posts that do include you know really beautiful flowers beautiful women honey beauty is certainly something that comes through the main lesson i would say mm. is um you've got to enjoy it and i really enjoy that interaction with people mm. but if you if if i'm in a bad mood or hungover or something i just don't touch it because i don't i, I feel that feeling's going to go onto the my readers mm. and um and so i think it, it's it's probably the same with writing um anything that you do if it comes from a certain place will um be effective but th- there are strategies and um it, 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 in a situation where someone did you do any books did you i mean you've, you mentioned a friend of yours or someone you know who's who's been very successful with um you know getting stuff viral on youtube 
so you might have had some feedback from her or some ideas from her but did you do any kind of study or reading or background stuff to hone your skills in this respect or was it something you you kind of learnt? it was intuitional and it's an adapting technology trial and error that worked that got me some support so i'll do that kind of thing again you know if it it works then keep doing it sort of stuff is that right yeah and it was quite funny because that my close friendship group was and, and my family were very critical of me i remember my sister saying everyone's bored of B Simon, everyone thinks you're, you're crazy. I, I don't mind people thinking that. I'm definitely crazy about the importance of um, insect welfare. But what I found, which was really interesting, was the mainstream media started reading my stuff and then they would release stories that I'd been doing and ask me for comment. And so social media ended up being a barometer for the mainstream media. And so I was getting that opportunity to set the pace or or to create the narrative. And so another thing that we spoke about was being open-minded to using influencers. So if you're connecting to people who have big following that that's going to help out you sort of need that mm. the other thing is so um, you'd reach out and this was the example you gave those some of those people up in byron bay who are prepared to support causes like yours bees and bee welfare insect welfare and they're quite potent well, I, uh, influences in their own right so you kind of attach yourself to them and then you get the reflected benefit of of them I, I said before that um, I, I had my son with me a lot of the time during this journey and mm. I'm a single father and he would watch me and as people started following me, I look at the, them and it's amazing how, how, how much about people's lives you get from people openly giving it. Mm. And so I could you, you start to get to know the people who are following you as well. Mm. Oscar would say to me, Dad, that, that's private. You can't look at that. And I said, no, <laughs> well, that, that's what they're showing. He goes, no, that's stalking. And I said, no. But it's getting familiar to who's following me. But mm. for instance, if there was someone who had influence who started following me, I would send them a T-shirt and, and say, you know, oh, I'd love you to be an ambassador or what do you think of this article? And, and sometimes you, you get writers or journalists or, or models and that's helped build the numbers. Mm-hmm. How many posts to facebook would you do on average you know when you're in your kind of campaign mode whether it's whether you're up against capilano whether you're you're trying to lobby telstra to change their practices whether you wound up about roundup and the dangers associated with that the the impact on bees of of um, certain fungicides and uh, herbicides that sort of stuff um how often would you be posting? Let's. I'm just trying to get some sort of idea of what sort of minimum numbers are in terms yeah. of in terms of uh, activity levels. Um, so, so initially, when I started out, I'd write all my own articles. So I'd, I'd always aim for a big one on Sunday night. And mm. as a writer, it would even though sometimes a blurb isn't that massive, a lot of work goes into getting the language right and and trying to get the right feel and the right image. Mm. Now, what's happened is because I've got such a following that a lot of people give me stories Mm -hmm. and will approach me about stories. And sometimes if they're good at it, it just takes me one share to get that article out there and across. Mm. 
so now it, it would vary, but I, I think there would be something like four or five articles a day that may go up on Save the Bees Australia page. Mm-hmm. There's also other admins. All, all from you, or you're, you're, you're the only person who's contributing to that page? Oh, no. There's, there's, I've, I've, now, I've, I've actually now got people all around the world on that page as administrators, mm-hmm. and um, there was a company, Demand Films, that brought out a movie about pollination this year. I shared their little video. I didn't know them and they sold a lot of tickets for me just pressing the share once. And then they approached said, thanks for that. I said, why don't you boost that post out to the 100,000? And they said, oh, would you let us do that? And I said, well, oh, yeah, you find someone there. And they went to do it. And because of laws, they wouldn't allow it to be done by an Australian. And I ended up having to get an American administrator on the page to be able to do ads. So Mm. what was interesting at the start is some of my articles would have 24 million views and things because I hit the algorithm. I call it an algorithm to the soul. There's there's a a uniqueness to everyone and a reasonableness to everyone that will Mm. make something look attractive. Mm -hmm. But in recent years, and I think it's probably as a response to um, Trump winning the election and things like that, they seem to have compartmentalised Facebook now so it will only tend to go to Australians and it won't go so far overseas. And, right, okay. um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I actually think it's right now for another social media company that has less regulated systems to interfere with. Well, I think Facebook's been forced to make some changes by regulators, by complaints about political adver- advertising in particular and influencing outcomes of elections and things like that. I think a big part of what they're thinking would be would be just trying to monetize it more, you know, like in other words, if you wanna if you wanna hit the whole world, then give us some money. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so you're balancing all those things up at once. Mm. And I don't know if you use Facebook much now, but I find that if you watch a video, they're immediately giving you five, six videos underneath that some algorithm has worked out what you like and what you want to watch. And I can imagine for some people it would get them trapped on their phones and mm. then you get the ads in between. In, in many ways, I'm disappointed in how some of the, the Facebook and Instagram mm. are, are doing that. Well, they're all owned by the same company. You know, it's all Facebook. They own Instagram. They own WhatsApp. If you upload photos to any of those platforms, my understanding is that they actually are the property of Facebook and they reserve the right really to do whatever they want to with those images they also do a face id regardless automatically the Mm. system applies facial recognition technology to every single photo of a person that's uploaded so there's incredible databases and this is the you know this is the big data argument you know this is one of the sort of scary things about social media and 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 general uh, data collection it's not just facebook google apple you know there's plenty if if i write any comment um it's all traced and so for me, it's been a really amusing thing because I am quite charismatic in the way I'm thinking. I'm not locked into anything. And if something pisses me off, it comes from the core and I don't even know what I'm going to do next. So how could they know what I'm going to do next? But I know that AI is probably catching up there and maybe at some stage it it, it will predict people's behaviours or I think it's counting on, on doing that in, in many ways. Just to wrap up the subject of social media, you are an example of a very successful use of social media to give voice to a cause which lacked financial muscle 
um, in a world where big data and big money usually control the agenda. So in a way, your, your story represents hope for people who've got important issues that they want to get out there. There is some expertise to it. It's not necessarily that easy to get to build up numbers. You know, you do need to work at it. You need to connect with other like-minded people and, and build up a core of people who are supporting you i think what you said about passion people pick that up there's this sort of something about there's something contagious about it that people tap into and people recognize any plans to monetize this influence brand placement influencer marketing you mentioned a book before it's funny and and as i've been talking to you i promoted some girl selling earrings she's got seven pairs of earrings she's selling and giving me seven dollars each so that is um an, an element but quite often people what i've found is i'll promote people without them even knowing because i just really love what they're doing and they make a lot of money and then they'll write back to me and say oh we've got to give you something and i'll just say we'll give it to save the bees australia that's rather than using a company like tribe yeah i, I want to have have the say in who i promote and how it's done i think that's the way it's going to go what i'd really love to do is give authenticity to a brand by using the save the bees logo so if the if the product is free from glyphosate and neonicotinoids and and uses bee friendly practices then they can use a logo and and that's been done about four times now mm-hmm. the other thing this year i'm working on doing for world bee day is to do a membership and so the membership would involve getting discounts from who I'm affiliated with, but also getting seeds and maybe a calendar each year. I'm also very aware that it could become more crippling, this whole free speech thing. So for me to be able to get direct access to people who are members to get information out there, I can see being an important part of the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, thanks for telling us about your take on social media. Very effective use in that legal conflict with Capilano Honey, now known as Hive and Wellness Australia. Some important changes that resulted from that effort. You've still got that big following on social media, which um, you know hopefully you can use for future important campaigns that you're passionate about. So thanks very much to Simon Mulvaney for speaking to us today. Yeah, thanks, Piers. What are your social media handles again, just so um, people know? Instagram, Save the Bees Australia. Facebook, Save the Bees Australia. And the website is bethecure.com. All right. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.